This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, programming beats, or building tracks, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They post 10 new multi-track drum loops on their website every Monday at noon. Each loop is available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And the best part is, every loop is only a dollar. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an additional 10% off of your first purchase when you use the code MUSICSTUFFSHOW at checkout. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S.com, for 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we talk about how with the resources available today, a record label should not be your goal. We discuss how an 18-year-old Steve Lacey produced a track on Kendrick Lamar's newest album using only his iPhone, how the Chainsmokers created their first hits from their New York City apartment, and how applying Kevin Kelly's concept of 1,000 true fans can help you make $100,000. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, Why You No Longer Need a Record Label. Welcome back to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. Hey, Vance. Hey, Tom. What's up? Just living the dream. I hear you. Talking about bluebies. <laughs> I've just recently learned that bluebies are blueberries. Guys, I know this is super important to the Music Stuff Show, but it's a great place to start. I, uh, I have a young nephew that's about a year and some change that's starting to muster some words. Uh, not really speaking words, but he's trying the dad as and stuff like that. So my big goal with him is that I will only refer to blueberries as bloobs so that by the time he gets to elementary school and is in like the line at lunch and he tries to after the cafeteria lady for some bloobs. It's a long play. I still think he's going to get sent to the principal's office for that one. Worth it. <laughs> Thinking about bloobies. Oh, man. All On right. that note. So, uh, so this week we are going to talk about why, in today's age of music, you no longer need a record label? What? I know. Because the whole goal when you start making music is to get a deal, right? How will you survive, Tom? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, let's. Um, I want to start with, with what we're not saying. What we're not saying is that record labels are all terrible and that they have no merit and they have no place in the business. That's not true. Record labels are still a great viable option and a very helpful tool to help grow your business from, you know, one level to a, a much higher level. They they still have the infrastructure. Um, let's talk about what a label is. A label is essentially a bank with connections. That's what they are. They're going to finance your record. They're a bank and a marketing agency. Yeah, they're going to finance your record. They're going to help promote that record. They're going to put it out. Uh, Hopefully they won't waste any money on printing CDs anymore. We'll get to that later. Uh, (laughs) Lord help us. But they're going to put your music out there. They're going to help you pay for you to make the music. They're going to help you with your merch. They're going to help you with your touring and your budgeting and stuff like that. They're your hub. Now, they may not help you with all those things, but that's traditionally what they're going to have a hand in a little bit of all that. They're going to give you a loan that you will owe back, that they will dictate how the money is spent with that loan. Right. 
Which, to be fair, again, to harp on this before we kind of dive off the deep end, there are definitely artists that it makes perfect sense. Totally. That it is a great business decision, but if you are at a level in which that makes sense, you probably aren't listening to our show. Right. Like, Beyonce, one of the biggest artists, if not the biggest artist on the planet, obviously benefits greatly from a record label and has for years. They help provide the infrastructure for her to sell out massive shows and be impactful on a global scale. It's important for her business model. It makes sense. If you are not Beyonce, which odds are, if you're listening to this, you are not. (laughs) If you can't sell out the 300-person local club in your city, then you don't take the loan. Right. You won't be able to pay it back. The, The record label thing is kind of like... You only really can benefit one when you don't need one anymore. If your business mm. is making enough money, has enough revenue, and is stable enough to for when a record label comes along, they say, hey, we're going to give you this amount of money. You go, I don't need your money. I have a business that's working great. It would be like, um, I, I may get this incorrect, I think many, many years ago, didn't Yahoo try to buy Facebook early on? Or was it the other way around? I don't recall. I think Yahoo tried to buy Facebook. I could be wrong about that. Anyway, one of these big Silicon Valley merger things. And to my recollection, Facebook said no. Because at the time, and definitely now, they didn't need Yahoo's money. Uh, Because they had a stable business model. They had a good business model. So you have to think of your career in similar fashion. You're building a business. You're generating value for others um, and you have to decide if you're if you're starting your business to sell your business you're you've already lost get out do something else go work construction you're not cut out to be a musician for a living seriously you should never start a business unless you live and breathe that business because I promise you it will be really really hard and the only way you can get through it is if you absolutely love it and feel like you're going to suffocate doing anything else. Fact. Especially when it comes to making music. Like, that's the case across any business, I think. If starting any business, you have to love it. I'd agree. But I think it kind of doubles down when you're a musician. Well, plus, too, uh, there's a lot of stigmas with music in general. Mm-hmm. You can start a business in whatever field and be an entrepreneur and your friends and family and whoever else that you interact with on a regular basis not understand, but because it's through the lens of, oh, I started a business, they can still be supportive if they don't get it or at least give you the benefit of the doubt long enough to try. Whereas all of the creative arts, I, I think there's beginning to be a perspective shift, but so many people just assume that it's a hobby unless you accidentally get famous. Yeah. And then you make money. <laughs> like yeah. Everybody misses the middle ground. And, you know, a lot of people are going to bring you down. Yeah. Like a lot. The I, amount of people. Tom, could you ever count the number of people that oh told you God. I, how poor your life was going to be? <laughs> I, I mean, I still I've been doing this a long time and I've had a fair amount of successes, I think. And I still have people and they say, what do you what do you do? I play drums for a living. You play for anybody I'd know. It's like, well, that's not the point. The, the, I didn't. I don't do this 
to get a check mark in a box from a name that you might recognize. So you can go, oh, really cool. Like, I don't do this to feel cool at parties mm-hmm. and be that guy like, oh, Tom over there, he does this thing that's really neat. Like, that's not why I do this. <laughs> I do this because it's what I love. And I don't really care if you've heard who I play for or not. Man, this is totally a tangent, but I want to tell this story. So I'm not going to use names and blast anybody on episode one. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, a friend of mine was bowling one day, and it was in Nashville. So people in music world play here. And there is a band that I wouldn't say is still current, uh, and probably hasn't been for 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. But one of the members of that band was bowling with his kids and the friend is a musician was cool about it and walks up and like didn't want to make a scene but he walks over to the guy and he's like hey man not trying to make it weird with the family just wanted to let you know like i really loved your band growing up really appreciate what you did so thanks for that and the guy turns back and looks at him and he's like hold on for one second for me he's like okay and he brings his kids over (laughs) And he looks back at my friend and he's like, could you tell that story one more time? (laughs) (laughs) That's not what we're here for, people. Well, I mean, you know that guy's kids think he's a total nerd. (laughs) Like every kid does. Like one day my kid is going to be like, God, Dad, you suck. Just just go away. Gall. I'm trying to phone my friends. Yeah. Uh, There are no cool dads. Um, I was watching, to add to that tangent real quick, I was watching a, an interview with Metallica and they were saying that their kids are the same way. Mm. Like they just want to listen to pop radio. They don't care that their dads are Metallica. One of the biggest bands ever, you know, they think they're nerds. It's I love it. How it is, man. It's incredible. Um, so back on point we're what we're not saying is that record labels are evil and bad. That's not what we're doing. Um, we're simply saying that if you are on a spectrum from zero to a hundred record labels are towards the top 20th percentile of, of uh, businesses, I guess. A business model where everybody wins. Yeah. Um, you're not like you're not going to start a company with the expectation that if I have I have to be at 100 immediately. What you're going to do is you're going to start a business and hope to get to whatever percentile that would be that earns you a living and is stable and gets you in control of your own life. That's really it. Yeah. So to that note, uh, I mean, so now that that's what that's not is, yeah, it's important to talk about what that is. And again, I'll probably say this a lot, but it's basically a big theme of this entire show is, is that it comes with changing the perspective of what that looks like. And I, and I feel like too many people only see you are either a, a barista during the day and a DJ at night. Mm Mm-hmm. Or and your t- loser if you're that right can't pay your bills right. what like all these super Dead negative beef. yeah you know whatever's and or you're Taylor Swift or mm-hmm. you know you're one of these iconic people and we are here trying to help stimulate yeah. the middle class of music and I, and I think part of that Dude, too what a great statement yeah I just want I want you to say <laughs> that again we we are here to stimulate the middle class of music amen the 99% baby um you know and i think a lot of that comes with you can be in a band but like 
and I think Tom's a great example of this, and I'm probably going to make him talk about it in a second, but you can be a drummer for a band. And let's even say you're in that middle class and you tour some, you guys make some money, but maybe it doesn't pay all of your bills, but enough to like keep that fire alive that it's worth continuing to invest in and invest your time and energy and resources to try mm-hmm. and continue to make that successful. Yeah. How do you spend the rest of your time? Are <clears throat> you just being a barista? No offense to baristas. Shout out to the coffee. We couldn't survive without it. Are mm-hmm. you waiting tables on the side? And none of these things are negative things. Like it's in industries that help facilitate what we do now. But could you be using your skills elsewhere? That right. Cool. Yeah. This is your band. That is your passion project. But can you be playing for these other things? Can you be writing songs to try and sync for TV? Can you be like? Mm-hmm. There's so many options. Like, there's no just a, I'm in a band or I do real work situation. There's an entire industry of music and all of these things that need to be filled. Especially, like, you can't think of a place that you go that there's not music attached. Any store you walk into, any event you go to, any movie you watch, like, everywhere you go, there is constantly music being the soundtrack to Mm -hmm. our lives in the environments that we're in. And all of those things have to be created, have to be facilitated, mm-hmm. and they need people to do that. And yeah. I think Tom is a great example in his business model now, especially from someone that has been in bands, has toured all over the world, and now has shifted to his own business model where, shout out, he is the number one <laughs> online session drummer in the world. He doesn't Hello. like to brag, but I'll brag for him. Number one globally have you been on every content except continent except for uh, antarctica yeah we're gonna get there though every <laughs> continent in the world tom has played drums for except for the penguins the penguins but <laughs> so so talk about your experience like and making a business for yourself out of playing drums that most people probably wouldn't have even realized yeah. was an option yeah uh Let's see where to start. Um, so I, for a long time, I thought, I, I fell victim to the kind of classic thinking that I had to either be in a band or I had to be playing shows consistently to to be, quote, a musician, to be making a living doing what I love. And then um, this weird thing happened where I met a girl and I wanted to see her more often and be gone less. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. And... uh so I I wanted to be home more. I didn't want to be gone 200 days a year or whatever. Um, but I wanted to keep playing the drums. So I just thought to myself, there has got to be a way to do this. I need to think outside of the box. So I had done some remote sessions before. Um, and to, just to define that, what that is, if, if you don't know remote session, um, a uh, session drummer, somebody you call in to come play on your song who's not in your band, um, who comes in, learns it day of, plays a great track, and then leaves, and you own the track. Um, it's a it's a convenience factor. Um, you get you get great work out of it, and with minimal effort uh, on your part and minimal time spent, it's a it's a great deal if you don't have a drummer, uh, or if you don't uh, want to program beats if you're not this is not your thing. Um, so um, I, I recognized at the time that technology has 
it's changing everything, but it's really changing the music business. Uh, you don't have to be in the same room anymore to make a great record together. Uh, certainly there's an energy that happens when you're together in the room with people that can't be duplicated, but it's not a necessity in all cases, uh, especially depending on how you are. You know your business. You know how you are better than anybody else. I can't tell you, but if it's if you're not too in control, if you're not too controlling, I should say, um, and your talent is knowing how to hire the right person, then remote work is is a win, total win. Um, so I recognize that I didn't need to be in the room. I didn't need to only play in town. I, I noticed that in Nashville, where we live, there's a lot of drummers and there's a lot of really great drummers. There's a lot of drummers who are way better than me. I'm not going to, I'll be the first one to admit I'm not the, the best guy on the block. No doubt. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> I just want to clarify. You're not the best drummer in the world. Thank you. But you are the number one <laughs> ranked online session drummer in the world. I'm trying to get some humility going here. Listen, you can save that for yourself. Okay. It, I say that more to drive a point. Mm-hmm that you can sit here and confidently say that you don't believe you're the best one in the world on technical skill. Sure. But yet you have created your own entire market and business model, which you are globally number one. Right. So so let's get to that. Um, how did that work? Well, I recognize that my skills weren't just to sit behind the drums. Uh, my skills were also in communicating with people, being organized, being able to set a price point confidently that I felt that I could get. Um, and then driving business, connecting with people, looking for opportunities. These are all things that are that are applicable no matter what you're doing uh, in in the music business, whether you're a band or you're an engineer or or a songwriter or whatever. Um, <clears throat> the point is, Technology has changed everything, and and so I took advantage of that. I noticed that I had an opportunity to win in a space that most people weren't exploring. There were very few uh, Google results at the time when I started for anybody even trying to be uh, a remote or online session drummer. And even now, uh, the language, you know, the, the Google SEO search words and stuff are still a little bit ambiguous. I mean, you can look up remote session drummer. You can look up online session drummer. You can look up um, internet session drummer. And the same sort of collection of people will come up, but there isn't, there still isn't a, a, a simply clarified messaging that's set forth for that space. And so I saw that it was an open space that I could easily rise to the top of simply by being organized, a good communicator, and being nice. I knew that I had the talent behind the drums, and so all I had to do was apply the business sense that I felt that I had to it, and it, ta-da, it worked. So my point is that you can, you can do that. It doesn't have to be exactly the way I did it, but I didn't, I didn't walk down the street to Warner and say, hey, I'm, I'm a drummer, I want to be playing for your artist, and I didn't try to call up anybody I knew in New York or L.A. to do, to do that. I said, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to be in control of my own time. I'm going to be in control of my own budget. And I'm going to do it how I want to do it. It used to be that if you wanted to be a musician and you wanted to make money, 
you had to sort of forego a little bit of that control of your own life. Mm-hmm. Somebody else had to have their hand on the pot if you wanted to get to a point where revenue was reasonable enough to keep your power on. That's just not the case anymore. Streaming has changed the game. The internet has changed everything. You have everything you need in your pocket on your phone to make a hit record if you're good enough. That is a fact. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. There is a track on his, is it on his most recent record? I should look it up. I forgot the kid's name, but one of the tracks off of his newest record. uh, Bro, he made it on his phone. Young kid, too. It wasn't some veteran producer. Man, I forgot. We'll look that up and we'll put that in the show notes. We'll, We'll link to that. But yeah. Young kid, yeah, literally on his phone. I think he had an iRig, like yeah, and like a pl- uh, like a Rickenbacker bass or something. I think I remember yeah. reading that. Straight into his phone, yeah, made it onto a Kendrick Lamar record. Let's not skip over. the part that he's good at what he does. True, he's good at what he does. That's that's important. I do think we should mention that that that's going to forever be a baseline. Yeah, where we're assuming you're good at your thing, whether that's drums, <laughs> right. bass, guitar, singing, mixing, like whatever your yeah. thing is. There's plenty of resources if you're not. You should be scouring YouTube until your eyes bleed mm-hmm. and just putting in the time to get your chops up. Dude, YouTube and Google search are your best friends if you want to learn anything on how to get better at your craft. I got a PhD. No doubt. Google you. I saw, yeah. <laughs> I, dude, that's how I learned how to do everything audio engineering I know. I, I, I had a couple guys along the way to give me some tips, and I got to sit in the studio and watch some stuff. But 90% of what I know, Google and YouTube. I just looked it up. Well, and then it allows to be constant where, like, you should never stop learning. No. You should always push yourself. Like, you should never allow yourself to be complacent. And Mm -hmm. a a community of knowledge and a community of resources, which is really the cool thing about it, is, is that's what it comes to, is that you've got all these niche industries of people in different things, like, whether you're into sewing or music or swimming or basketball or like whatever your career, hobbies, thing you spend your time on, there's a community of people that buy into that that are investing their knowledge and also looking for other people to invest their knowledge to where like all of the ships are rising. Mm-hmm. And we no longer live in a, in a world where like only one person can win. I, I think there's yeah. a lot of misconceptions about that. There's 7 billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. There is nothing I can do in the world there's no song i can write there's no show i can put together that seven billion people are going to love no and and there's there's no there's no viable metric for a clear victory anyway especially when it comes to creating but i 100 percent with seven billion people on the planet and the accessibility of the internet i can find a niche of people that buy into what i buy into Mm -hmm. i can find a group i can find a community of people that dig the same stuff, that like the same music, that want to buy into the same story that I do. Mm-hmm. And through that community, you can succeed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, uh, again, I'm going to forget who, who said it. Um, there's a, it's a blog post, I think, and I think it was Kevin Kelly on 1,000 True Fans. Mm. You read that? I don't know if I've read the actual blog post, but I feel like... You're familiar with it. I am familiar with the yeah, the idea behind it. So the idea is that if you have a thousand true fans, these people buy everything you put out, they listen to everything you put out, they own every shirt that you've put out, all of it. That's all you need. You're not trying to win over a billion people. You need a thousand people 
who really love what you do. That's it. Think about that in the grand scheme of the world. That's not a lot. What it takes is being good and being consistent and and believing in, in creating stuff that's cool consistently. 100%. And, and also to like further quantify that, you don't even have to sell a thousand things to those thousand people. If you can get 1,000 people out of 7 billion to spend $100 a year, you'll make $100,000. Boom. Viable business, power stays on, no record label. So let's break that down further. Yeah. Get 1,000 people to spend $8.33 a month, you'll make (laughs) (laughs) $100,000. And then you can go home to Thanksgiving. I feel like I need a siren or something here. Guess who's not a loser making music? (laughs) Well, and the irony about that too, and I can't remember specifically because of the article, but if you can get to a thousand true fans and people that like sell out for what you do and are like champions for you, that's also when the bell curve starts to tip and starts to build momentum and that snowball starts to kind of work on its own as long as you continue to keep putting content out and keep creating Mm -hmm. what you're creating and giving those people something to buy into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You have to, you have to view yourself as, as, you're not just a one-time product maker. You're, in today's day and age, you're a consistent source of relationship and entertainment, really. Mm -hmm. Um, content is the word that gets thrown around all the time now. Um, It's kind of the buzzword. But content is just a new way of saying make stuff. That's it. Facts. And keep making stuff. Uh, Ford Motor Company would not be what it is if if they had made an assembly line and not made any freaking cars. They made stuff, and they they keep making stuff. Uh, So your job as a creator... Because that's what you are. No matter what you do in in the world, you're a creator. That's like we we as people are made to make things. That's what we like to do. It's how we grow. It's how we improve the world around us. So, in in simply the music space and the artistic world, uh, your job is to create. Um, and if you're not the one specifically making the content, say you have more of a um, <clears throat> an engineering job or or something like that. If you're if you're pushing more buttons and doing less tracking or whatever, you're still creating an opportunity. You're facilitating creation. Um, so your job as an artist is to to continue to create things on a regular basis now, because that that part of the model has definitely changed. It used to be one release every two years. Now I think the argument can be made if you released a song every every month or every quarter even, that's probably a better schedule than 12 songs every two years. I would take that a step further and say that's a bare minimum. Bare minimum? And, my, and again, I don't have some like statistic to back this up. That's just my personal opinion mm-hmm. on the current state of music. Yeah. Where, but, and, you know, people get hung up on this or some folks I've had conversations with. What this really comes down to is spend your time doing the stuff you tell people that you want to do. Yeah. Because I feel like I've... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe that sounds a little obvious, but I feel like I talk to so many people that 
want to make music or want to do this. Cool. Do you own a MacBook? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you own a phone? Well, everybody's looking for something to just make it happen. And at the end of the day, like, if you want to be a band, cool. Like, sit down in a room. If you got four dudes, five dudes, or chicks, or whoever, like, collectively, between all of you, you probably have 90% of the gear that you need yeah. out of the gate without getting anything new. I, so, want, I want to get into that in a later episode about gear. And yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. just rip that part apart. Yeah, we're going to rip that one down pretty good. <laughs> but if you have four or five people in a group as a band with a common goal and vision and uh, music that you're moving towards, odds are you probably have all the resources that you need. Mm-hmm. And everybody's constantly worried about like, oh, I need a studio. Oh, I need a producer. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need whatever. Like, those things are cool. Like, uh, it's a good environment. It's a fun environment when you have the budget. And I'm not knocking them. And I think there's great reasons to have them. But you don't have to have them. And I I think there's a disconnect on that where if you can and you have the money, I won't tell you not to do it. Actually, I probably will. But you, whatever. <laughs> I think if I could interject, I yeah, think yeah. A, maybe a good way to sum sum that argument up is to say, do not delay creating until X. Bam. Until you have 100%. X. Take what you have now and start making stuff. And put it out. That's another key factor. That put is the most important thing. The man... Again, I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to call people out on episode one, maybe as we get further down the road. <laughs> the, I know more talented people whose names you will never know because they won't hit publish. Yeah. I know people that should be famous. Mm-hmm. I know people yeah. and have the catalog. Mm-hmm. No, it's not even like they have every part yeah. of it. They look great. They sound great. They're incredible performers. But they're so scared to hit publish mm-hmm. and let themselves like actually be what they say they want to be that it'll never happen for them. They don't need a label. They quite literally have all of the things they could ever need if they would just hit the publish button. Yeah. It, I think the, the idea of perfection is debilitating. Mm. And it, for first of all, perfection's a myth. Uh, but... I think that I think we all need to recognize myself included because I've fallen victim to that. I, I still do on a regular basis. I'll I'll make something and go, ah, it's not good enough. No, Tom, don't be an idiot. Hit publish, and I have to have that conversation with myself. Um, but I think it, it's important to recognize that there there are people out there who've made a really great living, not really making anything. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, who. <laughs> They don't really make anything, or they didn't for a long, long time. All they did was document the process. Like, we're talking about reality TV. They're not really doing anything. You're just getting to see them do what it is they don't do. Turn the camera on, poke the bear. Right. That's it. So <laughs> let let people be a part of your process. Like that, that People want to follow your story. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to film everything. Even if you're not filming, quote, behind the scenes – let them see the progress of you making music. Like you start here, you start hitting publish, and you think, oh, God, this is crap, but I'm going to put it out anyway. And then a year from now, two years from now, your music's sounding really good, and people go, oh, my God, he's gotten so much better. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, even 
you can look at iconic artists and people that are huge and like the songs were good enough and people that will reference a uh like an old record Mm -hmm. that sonically like if you put it next to stuff that's coming out today like to my ears doesn't sound nearly as great totally yeah but it's like oh i do love that song like that's Mm -hmm. a classic song because it sounds amazing yeah like i think movies are a great representation of this Mm -hmm. um where actually my (laughs) father-in-law did this to my wife and her sister years ago but they uh he was so hyped up about them seeing terminator because they had never seen it yeah and because for him it was the emotion of when it came out in the theater yeah and how revolutionary it was and the technology behind it and things they hadn't seen and longer story short they saw it they're like well we saw that (laughs) (laughs) but it period you know it's okay that music is a dot on this journey. It's okay that arts as a whole are these little blips on a timeline mm-hmm. because you get to go forward and back like, and look like, oh, that's what it was, and this is what it is now, and like seeing the journey. People love to feel a part of that journey. Yeah. I, like, I think uh, like Childish Gambino for me is a personal like great reference where – he, and I could be wrong on this, but I feel like some of his earlier mixtapes, like he pretty much self-did or did with some homies. Mm-hmm. And mixtapes that I love, and if I am in a car for more than like three hours, we'll still put on every single time I travel. Yeah. And it was funny because there was a certain point where I like went back and listened. I was like, man, sonically, this doesn't sound anywhere near as good as any of his like past records mm-hmm. that or like official releases or whatever yeah and to this day i still go back and listen front to back just because the songs mm. were there and i love it like me as a music person that has immersed my entire life in music that has immersed my life in production and like all these different areas that it has been my job to care about those things mm-hmm. and i still don't care because i <laughs> like the songs yeah and there's in the energy too you get the energy in those recordings, yes. especially the early ones when people are hungry. Like, if you're early on and you're and you're hungry, like almost like you have trouble going to sleep at night because you want it so bad. Like that comes through in an audio recording. Mm-hmm. You may not think it. You probably don't even see it because you're you're so close to it. But anybody who's not, they're gonna take. They're gonna be back a step. They're gonna feel that. They're gonna feel the passion. They're gonna feel the energy, and they're not gonna pay as much attention to like the little sonic imperfections here and there they're going to want to be a part of that and they're just like we're talking about with childish Gambino. they're going to go back one day and be like god like the energy and the songs were good don't even care like if it's recorded like crap don't care still love it and if you're the person that's sitting out there that is pounding at me right now and still like <laughs> hung up on that that's cool but nah. <laughs> that's cool come at me bro but even the quality <laughs> is no longer an excuse like resources yeah. and like plugins and like again it's cool to go to a studio like it's a fun experience it's a great vibe like if yeah. you can afford it but you don't need it like the chain smokers didn't they do most of their stuff that got them to blow up out of their apartment in new york i believe it I'm, i don't know but I, I would believe it and i could be wrong we should have a fact checker but yeah, we <laughs> i'm, I'm pretty checker. sure man what was the name of that first single before the record came out like the first one that like took it to a whole nother world for them and put them on the map, I'm pretty sure was just made in their apartment in New York City. 
Was it uh I need you right now. That song. It might be that one. It was uh it was whatever the first pop hit after the let me take a selfie thing that yeah. was supposed to be a joke, but then accidentally blew up. <laughs> uh let's see. But again, two dudes just super hyped on the music that they wanted to make. Don't let me down. That song. Yeah, that song. That song was massive. I'm pretty sure was made in their apartment. Two guys mm. just stoked about it on a laptop, just making it happen. Yeah. Like the uh Dude, the baseline of audio production now is like if you just use the stock stuff, is leaps and bounds ahead of what 100%. was available even ten years ago. Hundred percent. You don't you don't have to be a whiz. Learn as you go. It's a cop out. Yeah. Like saying it's, that it's a it's a safe safe fallback. Like, oh, I'm just not quite good enough at the audio thing yet. Well, and I'm going to call a lot of people out on this right now, too. And to be fair, years ago, I was a victim to this. So I, I also say this from personal experience. But I think it's so easy to hide behind the wall of working on a project. Oh, yeah. In music. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's a safety in that. Because as soon as you put it out, like, with as personal and, like, storytelling and attached to your life and, you know, usually every person you've ever dated comes into play and all mm-hmm. the songwriting and all this stuff. When you're creating music, as soon as you put it out, people can judge it. As long as it's just a demo that you're only showing other people, it can be a work in progress. And it doesn't push you anywhere, but people treat it as a safety net. Yeah. Which comes back to the theme of hitting publish. But, yeah, people use that as a crutch so hard because they're scared that people might not like mm-hmm. what they're going to put out. You can and you can put out version 2 of that song later if you want to go back and work on it, but let version 1 live in Kanye. the in the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> um but so I'll, to get that widely ranging tangent back on track, all that to say your your job is to create content. And in today's musical world, today's musical business, if you are good enough at creating content and you have a system and you you stick to it and you hit publish frequently enough then you can you can build a business that generates enough revenue to keep you sustained without having to make a record label your primary goal or even a goal mm-hmm. you don't uh, so the people we're not talking to Anybody who starts out and says, I want to be famous, and I'm going to you to do that, you should probably listen to a different podcast. Um, and the people who say, I want to be rich. Those two things are not what we're talking about. And those are two terrible, terrible reasons to do anything, specifically music. Riches and fame are byproducts of greatness. They should never yes. be the goal. Exactly. You're you're chasing the symptoms. Don't do that. Make it because you love it. And the rest will naturally follow. That's just how the world works. It is. And it's funny that the creative industries get traded get perceived differently. But if you look at any industry, you always look for the greatest person in that industry. Yeah. You don't look for the famous person in that industry. Yeah. They are known because they are the best. Right. And it's a perception tilt. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I don't think fame is bad. I don't think riches are bad. No. Like, we want people to succeed. We want people to make money. Like, that's the entire reason that we're doing this. But you do have to start with being great first. Right. And focus on, I want to be the best at this. Mm -hmm. I want to be great at this, and I want to do this every day because I love this. Yeah. And then if you do that every day, people latch on to greatness because other people want to be great. Right. But they don't want to put in the work. So they just like try and follow the people that are great. Right. And they want to they be part of a great journey. Like how many times have you said, have you been excited to hear about a band before all your friends? Mm. You know, like all oh, this bit, you got to hear this band. I'm going to show you this band. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. No, I've never heard of them. Cool. Well, and then, you know, five years later, I knew about them before anybody else knew about them. Yep. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to be the champion of that band that they find first. That's, that's a great band or a great artist, great rapper, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's what you want to be. We like Vance and I, I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say we would absolutely love it if somewhere down the road years from now somebody started listening to this podcast and then years from now was like, "Hey, I'm international superstar, I'm rich, I'm famous, I got the label, I did everything, I went from 0 to 100, but it's because I listened to the music stuff show and they said some real stuff and I started putting in the work and stopped thinking about riches, fame, or label. And what do you know? It ended up happening, but it wasn't my primary goal. It was a byproduct of working hard. Would love every single ounce of that. We would applaud, bow down, and think you are awesome. All day. All day. (laughs) (laughs) So, man. Yeah, we. I mean, I think we got a little bit off topic there. A little I think bit, we but. just started talking about the industry more than even labels on yeah. that. Yeah. Our goal was to talk about labels. Maybe we'll talk about them more next time. Yeah, maybe we'll have a part two of uh, the why you don't need a record label conversation with some more actionable specifics, uh, some opportunities that are out there. Uh, I think that if if you if you want to have a takeaway for for the specific talking point, the title of the episode. If you have opportunities that are available to you, you have software on your phone to make stuff you have that's free or cheap. I think GarageBand is like six dollars or five dollars, four ninety nine in the App Store. Um, you can push stuff easily to Spotify and Apple Music. There is no barrier. There are no gatekeepers between you making and releasing music. There doesn't have to be. There used to be, but there's not anymore. No longer exists. There's no excuse for not trying to create and trying to create a business around what you're making. 100%. No excuse. So get out there and do it, friends. That's right. I, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I guess that, uh, that'll wrap it up for this week, huh? It's been real, people. We'll see, we'll see you next Thursday. Next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us if there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help. You can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E. 
and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. All over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. Uh, The show is here for you, so any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday.